right. Welcome back to the Built by Bailey's podcast. Evan, good morning, sir. How are you? Top of the morning, gentlemen. Good, good to see you. Good to see you. We got two awesome guests that I'm excited to talk to in just a moment. We'll get started with them. Before we get started, you guys know the scoop. I want to shout out to our sponsors, Confluence SBC, ConfluenceSBC.com. Go check them out. Co-working space in Boulder County. Best building in the entire county. Um, Tom Hardy and the crew over there are doing a great job. They are back to, I think, full capacity, but you still can get a membership for a desk over there. Um, if you guys are looking to rent office space, hit them up for sure. I actually just saw Tom last night. Um, you saw Tom? I saw Tom last night. He's a good dude. Right. He's, yeah, had some some stuff is going on, but hey, we're, you know, he's it, we wanted to go see him. So Tom's a good dude. Confluence SBC. Go check him out, guys. Um, love that building over there. It's where we started our podcasting career. Also want to say Brian Scott, 69 Design, logo, logo, logo. If you guys need any graphic design work, um, he does all kinds of stuff from the small guys like us to the big boys, Copper Mountain, Waste Management. Um, he's the hot guy in the sticker game as well. If you guys need any of that stuff, he is the guy to go see. 69 Design, Brian Scott, shout out. To, I just noticed he was up on the trails the other day. And you need to call me, bro, when you go, because <laughs> I literally am seeing you ride by yourself, and that pisses me off. So he does. He does a lot of riding by after, himself. Yeah, like after Christian this just takes hikes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I will go ride with you. Call me. <laughs> All right. With that being said, let's introduce our next guest. Super excited to have these boys on. They are the young hustlers in the real estate game. Um, they're taking probably everything to the next level at this point, based on what I'm watching them do. Uh, more than anything, I think it's really cool what they're doing with these younger people in the industry, and we're going to hear their story and what they're doing. Welcome to the show, Tyler and Trey. What's up, guys? Thank you for having us, brother. It's great to be here. Yeah. yeah. Excited about this. Yeah, yeah, man. Good to, good to have you guys on. I'm glad this worked out. Um, we want to hear your stories. I want to hear your backstory. I know I, I've I know your story, but let's shout out to all the listeners and talk about how the hell did you get into real estate? Where'd you start? What's your goal? Who are you with? Build us up, man. Tyler, so, Trey, you guys do it. So, yeah. So um, my story's a, a little different um, than, than what you'll usually hear about, you know, someone who gets started in real estate. Uh, but, you know, just the brief version of it is um, I was trying to day trade uh, penny stocks. You know, there, there came a time in my life, this was while I was in college, uh, working on a degree that I never planned on use, using. I just like wanted to be the us. first in my family to get one. So my parents didn't get a degree. Uh, so I decided kind of last minute graduating uh, high school that, you know what, I'm either going to do this or I'm not. Uh, I decided to do it. So I followed through. Uh, but the last thing I want to do is get that degree and go work um, and get a job with it. So I didn't really know what I was going to do next. I knew I was entrepreneurial, but uh, I got into trading, um, you know, got that bug uh, really um, into the stock market and really uh, fascinated by it. And, you know, adding to that fascination is when you start making some money on some trades and then it gets to you and you really think you know what you're doing. Um, but I went through that cycle and uh, come to find out I had no idea what I was doing. Um, ended up worse off than, I, than when I started after a few months and, you know, really was seeking out someone to show me the way, the path forward. And, uh, you know, through that, I came across 
Um, my mentor online, um, you know, someone by the name of Josh Answers, who uh, I believe you guys are familiar with as well. Um, but, you know, that's how I, I, you know, I started to learn more about how to properly go about the stock market. Uh, but even more so than that, it very unexpectedly for me led to me getting into real estate um, because, you know, he uh, got me on a call about real estate uh, at one point, uh, you know, with several others that wanted to hear more about it. Um, and before we know it, we're on a call with Lending Tips, uh, who I believe was on your show as well at one point. And um, he's laying down just the basic stuff I never even heard about, like, how does one go about getting started in real estate? And then from there, some of the different ways you could get started. And one of those ways um, that he shared that stood out to me was getting a real estate license. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, once he explained, hey, here's how you do this, how you start the process, how you get a license, and here's how you get paid with a license. That was all new information uh, for me. I had no idea how that worked, how commissions worked, but he explained it. And it clicked to me. I'm like, wow. This is an opportunity that I can effectively get started in real estate, learn the industry and get paid to learn it. Because when you close a deal, you know, you're getting that result. And so um, at that time in my life, it was kind of the uh, opposite of what I was used to. I was used to paying tuition to learn something I never plan on using. Here was a scenario where I could uh, dive into something and as I'm learning it, uh, eventually get paid a commission. So effectively get paid to learn something that I could very well practically use um, moving forward in my life because I saw real estate, even when I knew very little, real next to nothing about real estate, I saw it as something I would eventually get into. Uh, I figured longer term, um, I wanted to be financially successful. And I saw just an observation that vast majority of the people out there that are financially successful either did so through real estate or have something going on in real estate. So I figured at some point along the way, I'm going to be doing something in real estate. Um, and so it was kind of a scenario. I just saw, Hey, well, our industry, maybe I can apply this later on, but you know, uh, the more I dove into it, the more I, I understood, um, kind of what I was doing and just how to, how to add to that. And, you know, it's just, it, it led to me, uh, working full time in the real estate industry as a real estate agent. And, you know, over the course of, um, you know, the, the years uh, since then, it's developed into me, um, you know, helping other people along that path that are, you know, looking to make a positive change in their life through uh, real estate. I mean, sometimes it's people already in the industry that just are trying to find more traction doing what they're doing, or, you know, really take their business into the next year. Or, I mean, also people just getting started uh, in the industry as well that have the right mindset and really believe they can do something positive with this. So that's my story on, on how it started for me. I mean, uh, very blessed uh, for the way it happens. Um, and it was hard. I, I didn't even mention this part of the story, but it was hard when I started because I was literally broke. I wiped out in the stock market, day trading, doing it the wrong way. And, you know, I started to learn the right stuff, but the problem was, um, okay, now I know how to actually go about this, but I don't have any capital to work with. So how do I go out and get that capital? And that's where real estate really was the difference maker. But as you know, um, it doesn't, you don't just get your license day one, start closing deals. Like there's a process to it. So, you know, you go months and months and months and you're, you're just trying to get the first deal done and then you do. And then you're like catching up on your expenses at that point mm -hmm. and you got to go out and get another one. So, you know, the first eight months, uh, 
in the industry were very hard for me, uh, but I, I pushed through and uh, it, it got better from that point on. What did you go to? What did you go to school for? What was this degree you were going to do nothing with? <laughs> economics. The only economics. reason I, I got yeah. a degree in economics, like I, I thought I was going to study like business management at first. Mm-hmm. I, I took a class on it and like was bored out of my mind. Uh, then I then I changed it to marketing. I thought, hey, marketing sounds more interesting. And then again, I take a marketing class. I'm like, this is not what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just trying to figure out something that like doesn't bore me to death enough so that I can actually stick with it and finish it. And <laughs> Uh, I had a friend that told me about economics. He was telling me how he just changed to economics uh, from like business management and why he did. And he was talking about, I'm like, wow, that sounds really interesting. So the only reason I studied economics is it was the only topic I could find uh, in school that, you know, I thought was interesting enough to actually dive deeper into it. So that, that was just me. Economics, I found pretty interesting. Not the math part of it. I avoided that. Like there's two parts of it. There's the conceptual side and there's the, ma- the math side. I, mm-hmm. I avoided the math side like the plug. I'm, I'm like terrible at math. So it was all, um, you know, n- none of that micro stuff. I avoided that. I focused on macro and I got the, the BA uh, in economics because the BBA made you do the micro and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at yep. this point, did you know, Trey? No, I didn't know no. Trey. So Trey came into the picture, uh, actually a couple, a couple of years, um, similar. I mean, I, I said, I had a unique story. Trey's story is kind of similar because effectively we have the, the same mentor, but mm-hmm. I'll let him tell that story if, if he wants to uh, take that on. Cause it, yeah, it, far away, Trey. I mean, it would be fun to try to just do it without you talking. <laughs> i can just can. i can just do like sign language or something yeah, yeah. the video part of the podcast. story here okay. thumbs up as i'm talking about it <laughs> yep that's good i'm just nodding uh-huh exactly no i'm 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 a uh i'm a guy who made it through everything i shouldn't have man uh you know member of god's special force has been called to to change the world through sharing opportunity and wisdom and uh connections and relationships all these resources that i've been blessed enough to you know have put into my life and and real estate has come to be that vehicle to do it all through. Um, and yeah, just like Tyler said, it is, you know, very similar how that became the vehicle because, and I would say I, I was in sales since I was six, right. I grew up with, with, I guess you could say two loves business sales and, uh, baseball. That was my other one. <laughs> so, um, at some point in time, we all get told, Hey, you can't play this game anymore. Um, and you know, I'd done everything under the sun sales wise, and I was burnt out really. Um, when I came across the mentor, it was about 2017, uh, wanted to learn about stocks and specifically options contracts and how to make a bunch of money behind my computer and never have to talk to anybody since, you know, we're talking about not talking. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, so I, I get into this, uh, it was called a pledge class through something called the trading fraternity. And within about a week of pledge class, Josh looks at me and he says, Trey, you need to go get your real estate license. <laughs> And I said, okay. Um, and I thought about it before. I mean, as a salesperson, your, your brain works that way, right? Higher price points, higher commissions, more money mm-hmm. in your pocket. Um, but I just thought it was like going around and showing houses to people all day. And I was like, <laughs> I do not want to do that. I'd already been a road warrior, you know, with, with some of the in-home sales I was doing and stuff. And so uh, I, I took the, took the leap of faith though. And it took a while to kind of figure out like where, where the passion was, because that was the one thing I was missing was what could I get passionate about in the same way that I got passionate about baseball? 
because it, I could, mm-hmm. I, I never found that in any other place, even coaching. I would coached and was a program director and recruiter and a lot of stuff for a facility here in North Carolina um, for about five or six years after playing. And I loved that stuff mm-hmm. and I was getting paid to do it, but it wasn't going to pay the bills, let alone allow me to create the capital um, in my bank accounts to make the impact in the world um, for the people that I wanted to. And I felt like I was created to. So, um, you know, it kind of over the journey of, of building my real, my retail real estate business, you know, representing clients, buyers and sellers and that kind of stuff it grew into what Tyler was talking about, um, a, an opportunity that, that we are both involved in to really be leaders in this space, because there's so much to, to know about real estate brokerage, because you're, you're, you're really a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. When you get your license and a lot of people who are new to the industry, or even people who have been in the industry for 10 or 20 years, miss the boat on how a lot of this stuff works and how important it is to be able to navigate that world and put your business in the right vehicle to accomplish the dreams that you have and that you really saw real estate opening up for you. And so, you know, we're just, we're just sponges, man. I like to look at it as like a gold bar metaphor. You know, I go out there and, and everybody's got a gold nugget I can grab from them. And I go and melt it down into this gold bar that I can forge and, and cut a little slice off of for each person we come across and level them up in, in the biggest way that we possibly can. Mm. Yeah. That's, an, that's <coughs> quite the, yeah, you've been doing sales since you were six. Yeah, that's a nice sales metaphor. Yeah, that's yes. nice, man. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll probably say it sometime this week. I'll dash you though. Right, well, I, I did the, uh, yeah, the Boy Scout popcorn, the lemonade stand. You know, I was selling people oh, everything. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know what's funny is on this podcast? Not funny, not the right word, but uh, what's interesting is, and Shane and I have put a lot of conversation into this with guests that we've had, just us in general, and I'm sure privately. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's always talking about like, what are the constructs of entrepreneurialism, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I and just like with being in, quote, real estate, like Shane and I were actually talking about this before just the talking podcast, about this. Yeah. you know, it's like, hey, I, Evan, I want to get into real estate. And it's like, all right, well, what does that mean? More specific. <laughs> like, do you want to build houses? Do you want to... Uh, own property and rent them out for rental income? Do you want to be a broker? Do you want to be a general contractor? Do you want to be an inspector? Like, what do you right. mean when you say, I want to be in real estate? Um, and the same thing goes, I think, for being an entrepreneur. And I'm always fascinated. It's one of the reasons why I love this podcast and doing it. It's just trying to understand like what made Tyler and what made Trey. And because I know a lot of people that listen to our podcast, I think are looking for that. They mm-hmm. have the first initial inquiry, which is I want to listen to someone successful or perceived as successful or are becoming successful. And whether they're consciously doing it or subconsciously just trying to like through learning osmosis, like pick up on these little gold nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was listening to you, Tyler, talk about going to school with a degree. You said twice a degree that you weren't going to do anything with. And I was thinking it was going to be something like art history. <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Too. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, man, yeah, probably well, not economics. <laughs> well, I, I hear a lot of like, I, I, I don't remember ever having met someone else who knew they were working on that and not going to do anything with it. And right. I, I, lo- right. I loved answering the question. I didn't get it that often, but whenever someone asked me, so, Hey, what are you going to do uh, with your degree when you're done? I'm like, I mean, you know, I'm hanging on my wall. That's yeah. how <laughs> it. 
Yeah, um, show somebody I've completed it. But <laughs> I, I think it's something a lot of people, like in hindsight, were, are like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not using that art degree for anything or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, they didn't realize that as they were going through it. I realized it while I was going through it. So I want to get through it as quick as possible. Um, just check that off my list. But I, I really had no idea what was coming next after that until uh, real estate came into the picture. Actually, I thought. I thought it was going to be trading. Like as I started getting traction, I thought, man, I'm going to be a day trader. This is awesome. Money, <laughs> yeah. uh, from, from my phone in my bed in the morning. And that's- <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be somebody where they say, I don't understand how you make your money. Like, perfect. <laughs> um, you know, but there always seems to be the same, like, I don't know how to say this, like the same shared qualities. Mm. Now the level of success of an entrepreneur is dictated by different things and different variables some of them could be opportunity or a specific network or um, timing but they seem to all share the same kind of origin story mm-hmm. which is um, that you know take your de- take going to school for example or take um, like you Trey saying that you've been in sales since you were six there seems to be some sort of makeup genetically or or behaviorally, maybe is a better way to say it, where it's like there is this mix between observational learning. So all entrepreneurs seem to be uh, observationally aware. They're always looking around them, you know, just kind of trying to assess not only the current situation, but where they are at in that current situation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You having the wherewithal, like Tyler, to know even while you were in school, knowing that I'm not going to specifically do anything with this degree. I'm not going to get an economics degree and become an economist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, economist. Or econ- <laughs> yes. Econo- economist. Economist. Well, I just told you that. I just barely made it through college. Boom. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's weird because you have to have a certain level of intelligence, but you also have to match it with a certain level of drive and determination. Mm. Like there's really smart people out there, but they're not willing to, you know, day trade and, you know, throw it at the wall and try to get to stick. And then if it doesn't work, not just abandon it, try to get a mentor, try to do this. So there has to be this element of drive. And the same thing with like you, Trey, it's like, I'm just going to keep doing the sales thing. And I'm willing to, I don't want to just, from what I understand, just drive people around all day long. Um, But I understand through observation that real estate is a thing and a lot of wealth is built on it. And I know that I have a certain amount of makeup in terms of my personality to be able to do something with it. And I'm willing to do it. Mm -hmm. It seems to be when the drive meets the intelligence with somebody that has the right amount of patience and can observe what's going around them, that they end up just eventually finding a lane and then they start to master that lane and that lane tends to just kind of start branching out even more into new opportunities as you kind of continue to network. And I always feel like when somebody tells me, I, I'll do some business mentoring sometimes or entrepreneurial mentoring with people. And it's always seems to be like this ethos of what they're looking for. It's like, what do I need to do to be successful? And it's like, well, that's kind of like saying, how do I get into re- you know real it's estate? A, yeah, it's the same question. It's like, I don't really have, you know, there's a reason why there's 10,000 books written about it. Otherwise, there would just be one. Yeah. Right? And it would just tell you to do it. It's not really that way, but you got to at least be certain things. And it seems like just from listening to your guys' story that you guys kind of 
once again kind of proven that idea a little bit correct it's just for so for anyone listening to this it's you know pay attention to their story as they we go through it a little bit because they're kind of laying out some of those same kind of bullet points um and you can just kind of make sure you're at least doing those things that's a good start i think i think you're talking about something really important here um as far as you know that makeup you know what 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 is required to actually be successful and um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, what a guy named Earl Nightingale talks about funny enough. Um, it's, you know, what, what is success, you know, success is defined by you. It's, it's your worthy ideal that you're progressively realizing, you know, over time. And, and I think it's very much a mindset thing. Um, the people that I see that are most successful in real estate or really any kind of entrepreneurship, they have a rock solid mindset. They have the ability to change their state and get into a place where they can unleash, the, the, the person within them that is going to go out and, and grab that lemon and squeeze as hard as possible and make the most of those opportunities because they do know, like you said, hey, as, as I pursue down this path and it is a journey, I got to have patience. I have to have faith and persistence that these opportunities will come and they will be fruitful for me. Um, but they, they know that that's there. They believe in that. And so as they go down that path, they're able to, to leverage those opportunities and connections and stay in the game long enough for them to even be around to, you know, mm-hmm. to capitalize on. Mm-hmm. Totally. Did we lose Shane? Shane, are you there? Yeah, it looked uh, like he dropped. That's yeah. fine. Not yeah, but I, I like the way you explained that a lot because, um, you know, it's, you know, it, it, there are qualities like determination, you know, being able to endure. And, and I, I something that I see is um, a lot of, I mean, obviously we want to avoid uh, obstacles. It's not like we just want to go set ourselves up to deal with a bunch of obstacles, but the reality is when you're doing something real, when you're doing something in real estate, like the, it, 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 you're not like the way isn't to figure out a way around the hard stuff. The way is to go through the hard stuff. Like you have to be willing to uh, keep moving forward, even when there's things standing in your way that um, you might not even know how to get through in that instance. But um, no, it's um, it's totally a series of problem solving, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember thinking when I was younger, you know, maybe like a teenager, this like weird feeling of disappointment that everything's been figured out already. You know, it's like, oh, my God, we already know everything. And it's like almost feeling defeated before I even tried, because I kind of always knew that I was going to take a different path. Um and I think in my early 20s, I was just in, in mid 20s and even all the way up into my early 30s. And I'm 43 was just like, I just want to see what my curbs are. What am I capable of? Like, I have this a monumental failure, right? It's way down here. This is having no money, being broke, you know, living in a family's, you know, family member's basement to survive. And then all the way up here to watching all of your ideas actually form and be successful. And it's like, well, where are the curbs? Like, can I, can I fail even more than this? I'm sure I probably can. Right. And but every time you throw something at the wall and you do it um, and it's successful in which like you were saying, I think Trey, it's like success is really a vague term. Like what is successful compared to what, you know, um, other people's success. I mean, then, You'll never be successful until you're the most successful person on the planet, which even then could be argued. Um, 
because that could be on impact, that could be a financial status, that could be a number, that could be notoriety, that could be power, that could be all these different things. So it never really ends. So it's kind of like leave the idea of success behind and define your success specifically to you. You know, do I want to get into a whole new industry and be competent in it? Do I want to get Uh, be doing something where then I can take my level of success and now pass it down and build other people up with me. You know, so all these different levels of success are are different. And I think that's also what screws people up is they sit around and they think, well, I'm not where I'm supposed to be at this point yet. I'm not here. I'm not there. And it's like, dude, where were you a year and a half ago, two years ago? Um, And look at your progress now. Like, what are your expectations? Are they even realistic? Um, you know, and I've just kind of abandoned putting those curbs on it. And I'm now I'm just more to the point where I'm competent enough and I'm, I've done enough that I can, I can go through and say, man, let's shake a stick at it and see what happens, you know? And um, you fail enough that your ego kind of starts to just completely dissolve. You're like, it doesn't really matter if I get credit for it. You know, as Shane and I always say, we'll laugh our way all the way to the bank. I have no problem with that. I don't need any credit. I just want to know that it can be done. Um, well, on that, I think it's a good segue. Talk about what you guys are currently doing right now. Yeah. Fast um, forward to yeah. once you got through the trading fraternity and hooked up with answers, you guys went out and both got your license and you said, let's, let's, let's run this thing. And so, from there until today, how did you get here? What are you doing? And, and what's the goal from here? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it developed well, um, you know, effectively, I was the first person to come through on the, you know, real estate side of things where, you know, someone who um, got started on the real estate side through TTF and that developed, there were others that came afterwards Um you know, and I'm talking specifically the license track at the same time I got started, there were a couple others that got started, not on the licensing track though, different tracks. Uh, and, you know, subsequently I stuck with it and, um, over the period of, you know, years to follow others came through, including Trey here. And, um, I mean, even at that point when he came through, he was still like, along with me, one of the very first, uh, to come through on the real estate licensing side. So it develops from there. And, you know, um, I stuck with it. Trey stuck with it. um, And, you know, we built our own businesses, but simultaneously, you know, we, we saw the, we, we saw the vision and the idea that there would be more in the way of resources for others coming through in the future, that there would be more collaboration um, you know, within the community we were a part of, um, you know, helping others come through and, and we stuck with it and we stepped up to the plate, um, you know, um, and, and basically established that, hey, we're, we're two guys that, you know, we don't want to just take what we learned and run with this for ourselves and keep building our own business and focus on us. Like we wanted to take what we got back to the table and share it with the family in terms of whoever we could, um, you know, help make that journey an even smoother one than, uh, you know, we, we had for ourselves from day one, because day one for ourselves, we had the guidance to, you know, someone showing us that door and how to step in it. But, you know, very much once we stepped in that door, we were on our own um, on a local level to figure out the rest. And, um, you know, now compared to that, um, it's like, 
we, we, we can show people the door, but once they step through that door, they've got us on the other side of it, helping them guide them along the way there. Uh, but Trey, I'm sure you've got more to add to that. Yeah. It's, it's turned in from like, Hey, we, we were given enough to go out and start launching our own businesses and create success for ourselves too. I mean, why the hell are we doing this for ourselves? This, mm -hmm. this should be for other people. This should, this should have a bigger impact because there is so much opportunity out there. And I think it goes back to even what you were saying, Bailey, with, you know, kind of that, that progression along the journey of an entrepreneur. It's like, I think at some point, the purpose has to be bigger than you. And, and the earlier that happens, the better. Um, and so, I mean, today, what, what does it look like? Well, we've, we've aligned together because when we first started, like Tyler was at a firm um, in Texas, I was at a firm in, in, in North Carolina, funny enough, this, the, the same firm, but it wasn't connected in the way that we are now at the, uh, in, in, within the firm that we're at at eXp. And so um, mm -hmm. what it's allowed us to do is to scale into um, an international real estate team that Tyler and I run. We've got guys in, currently today in 18 different states from Hawaii to New York. We've got a guy up in a province in Canada, uh, 52 10 team members wide, growing extremely quickly. And, and what I think is the, the most beautiful part about it is the journey in real estate, uh, as far as brokerage goes, looks pretty similar for a lot of people. They get their license. It's a grind to get a deal closed in the first six to 12 months. And then it's very slow getting that momentum going mm -hmm. um, and, and actually building a business and a pipeline where you can feel secure in the decision that you made to, you know, be, be a 1099 contractor and eat what you kill. You're not, you don't have that security blanket coming through every single, you know, every two weeks. Um, and so we have, you know, people on this team where as we've plugged them into these resources, as we've given them so much more than we were ever given, you know, it's leveling them up and giving them more opportunities and so much more traction than I ever thought would even be freaking possible. And as they continue to grow, it's, it's just fortifying this environment that each day that goes by, whenever somebody walks into this environment tomorrow or a year from now or 12 years from now, they've got so much more than anybody ever had before they walk through that door. Um, and we're just continuing to, to, to leverage that man. And that's, that's, that's huge because what are we doing? We're changing lives. How do you yeah. guys, um, sorry, Shane, how do you, what makes your guys's brokerage firm different than others? At the end of the day, I think it just comes down to um, alignment. That's, that's really yeah. the biggest thing is, is the alignment is completely different. So if you look at real estate brokerage in general, um, how can I sum this up really well? You're looking at a very local, tr traditionally localized thing, right? You've got mm -hmm. a, an office in, in this part of town and, and that same brand, whatever brand it may be, has usually multiple offices, not just across that city, but state, country, and a lot of them go international, but they're all independently owned and operated. Most right. of those are set up very similar to like a franchise model, right? So the problem is that everybody gets disconnected and then the people who are connected are actually in a competing market together. So there's mm -hmm. still friction in that, in that situation. When you look at the model that EXP has created, you've got an opportunity where it, it aligns people within one firm for the entire country, um, connects them in a completely different way, allows them to operate on the same platforms to, to collaborate and share opportunities. And, and it just changes the entire game. I think it, it's, it's bigger than just real estate though. Uh, really bigger than brokerage, bigger than anything in real estate. I think, I think it's something that we see across the board in capitalistic America, which, you know, I'm all for, but what, tr what traditionally has happened is companies build their success for a few people off of the backs of many who end up inevitably getting forgotten or stepped on, or just simply do not have anything to show for the sacrifice that they made yesterday, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And this company is, is completely changing that with the way it's structured. 
And that, yeah, that, Evan, that strikes a chord. <laughs> no, I, and that's it's it's good that you say that because Evan Evan certainly can relate to that scenario. I mean, he's certainly been an entrepreneur. Like I said, we've we've done a lot of business together over the years, um, but he's also in the corporate world as well. So he's kind of seeing that double the double sided tape, so to speak. Um, and and yes, he's he's one of those guys at his company. I will speak for him that is doing a hell of a lot for the company. And they're basically just standing on his back, making all that money while they just say, yeah, you're comfortable with your salary. Obviously, that you know, we won't talk about all the things that he's doing on the side, but they, they if they, they want to keep him in a position right where he's at because it works perfect for them, right? Mm-hmm. If they were to keep moving him up, well, they got to keep giving him more money. Evan starts to kind of bring in his own type of thought process and, and, and he starts building things that probably more people understand work better. He, I mean, he's going to have solutions that work better, but they don't want that because that's going to muck up the waters for them as far as them building their little empire up here and using everybody else to stand on, right? Just like Trey was saying. So it's the answers and they want the new process, but yes. they don't want it to come from people that aren't not them. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. It's uh, yes. when you, when you get overemployed, you immediately transition to job. <laughs> and that's what ends up happening is you're either either you got the job you should not have gotten for various reasons or you got the job when the company was smaller and the company ends up outgrowing you and you don't grow with the company and then it becomes i don't want to be exposed and mm-hmm. that's when all of a sudden you start using resources below you as a manager or a director or a vp or whatever to get the ideas, but you have to present them as basically yours or you're overly taking credit for it because you need to preserve the job that you are now aware that you are not quite qualified for anymore, <laughs> you know? And, and Wait, I thought you said as you grew, you didn't, you didn't care so much about that credit. That ego was, was now, well, that's entrepreneurially <laughs> in a corporate environment, maybe a slightly different rules uh, when you're, you know, you're saying, hey, listen, if I got a clock in 95 and I have a salary and the work that I'm doing is supposed to mirror, you know, uh, my salary, if I'm now doing work that's above me, then that should garner a larger salary. Somebody else is taking that. And I guess you can make an argument that part of entrepreneurialism. Well, you know, what? actually, this is a good point, uh, Trey. Um, there is a thing called entrepreneurialism, which is being an entrepreneur with inside company right and so you guys may also have brokers that work with you guys um and even though you guys are the basically creators of this brokerage, your guys's responsibility to grow it right is very entrepreneur but the people that are with you that are underneath you that are doing a part of this is there are people who are entrepreneurial entrepreneurially right and those people and I'm sure you guys can have them and you guys can talk about it on this podcast a little bit that come to you and say, Hey, I have this idea. I have this great marketing angle. Hey, I have this, right. This is this kind of what we were talking about before. What makes up an entrepreneur is this intelligence with drive and good observational skills. And they say, Hey, I heard this. I saw this. Why don't we try this? What if we did this? Right. And it's very normal for the entrepreneurial was really the person overseeing the growth of a brokerage firm. It's, it's very natural to almost try to push that back down 
right? A little bit, because it's my job as the entrepreneur to grow this. I want to say that we've grown it from here to there, right? And the irony is that a good entrepreneur takes whatever resources they have, doesn't matter where it comes from, it's just the outcome that's more important. And those people underneath that are trying to do this entrepreneurially get extremely frustrated and become toxic um, and starts playing a game of positioning and protecting your ideas and uh, almost and that's what it becomes like job preservation it's like oh my gosh i have this really smart person and if this company blows up on this type of idea then i actually get credit for it or is it really someone saying you know tyler it was really evan that did this and what does that mean to me you know and it's like well it shouldn't mean anything to you but in a corporate environment um it's it's almost not as much about your ego as it is about your own integrity. These are my ideas. And if that is something that bursts this success for the greater good of the company, then it's not that I want credit for it. I want to make sure that it's not taken from me. You don't have to give me credit, but don't misrepresent it as yours mm -hmm. because that is my entrepreneurialism. Right? That'd be like you creating some new innovation and some and then selling that innovation to Amazon or to some big company and they say that they developed it and you're like well, well hold on a minute you you didn't develop it right i did and it was my idea and actions and it's not necessarily ego it's more integrity and in saying that is all i have as an entrepreneur are these ideas drive and intelligence right and that is my thing that i'm selling here and it's created a result which is a new product or a new service so it is difficult but I would actually love to get you guys this kind of opinion on this and talking about the team that you guys do have. And, you know, do you guys uh, actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a step back. I think it would be good context for listeners to understand when you say a mortgage brokerage firm, really what that means. Mortgage uh, brokerage? Yeah. And real we're, we're not in mortgage brokerage. We're in real uh, estate. Or like I'm real sorry, estate real estate brokerage. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not mortgage. All good. But, but Evan's in point, finance. <laughs> yeah, I'm in finance. Um, so yeah, kind of give just the you know, 101 on that. Set the table. On what, on what that is? On what that is, yeah. So that way, if someone's listening to it, they don't confuse it with mortgage brokering. <laughs> yeah, so, so real estate yeah. brokerage is, um, you know, effectively helping people buy and sell real estate. So you have a real estate license. I mean, you know, you can do that on the mortgage side. We're talking about doing that on the side where uh, there's people buying and selling property, buying, selling, investing uh, with the real estate agent involved. Uh, so that's the real estate brokerage side of the business. So um, the team of agents we have, they're all people who are actively using their license to help people buy, sell or invest in real estate. Yep. You're representing the client on those transactions. And as a result, you know, if you get to the closing table, you're making, typically it's a percentage of the total sales price, mm. you know, as, as some sort of income or revenue for your business. Um, and, and to kind of build on that to what you were saying there, um, I think real estate brokerage is the, is the perfect example for this, this entrepreneur versus entrepreneurship that you're, that you're bringing up because, um, I think a lot of people miss something we hit on that, that you are a business owner, you're becoming a business owner when you get your license. So what is a real estate firm, right? The firm is where the agent aligns themselves. 
but the firm, what is, who is the client of the firm? It's not those buyers and sellers that we're talking about out there buying and selling property. It's the business owners. It's the real estate agents and brokers who are using that, that business as a vehicle, as a platform to run their business within. And so you, you have kind of a dynamic where it's, I, I think in a lot of situations, if you look at how it's structured and, and the, the obstacles or ceilings almost that you're referring to that people mm-hmm. hit as they have these ideas and innovations and want to grow and kind of take more control um, and autonomy with what they're doing, they're, they're, they're seeing a hybrid of that because while yes, you are an independent contractor, you are running your own business on this platform, certain companies, certain firms are going to want to have that control. They're going to want to keep you from, 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 from doing too much that's, that's off of the, the black and white path that they've laid out. However, there are opportunities. I'd like to think that ours is, is probably one of the best examples of that. There are some other really good examples from other firms too, but I think ours at eXp is one of the best examples of where that, that's just not the case because the alignment is, is given. So like, for example, one of the big things is our company isn't owned by one person. Right. Our company is owned by all of us. And so when you give the ownership to people and you give them that autonomy and the ability to really live out the true entrepreneurship um, that they want to, they, they have the ability to, to make their own brands, to, to take marketing wherever they want to, to, to take an idea and flourish with it. And, and you know, so if, so if we're referring to our team that we run, if somebody comes to us and says, hey, I want to do this in my business, we're like, awesome. How can we help you? Like, how can, how can we let you, you know, do, do anything we can to support this idea? Because if you have an idea and it's, it's something that could be fruitful for you or the company or our team or anything, we're, we're behind it. Um, it doesn't matter whose idea it was. And um, we're certainly not going to try to take credit for it either. You know, we, we want people to, to be able to, to, to grow into that, um, that independence, I guess. Yeah. And I like the way that EXP is laid out. I mean, I've, I've talked with you guys about kind of the setup with this, with this system before, but I I've had, you know, I've had a brokerage when I was doing strictly real estate a million years ago. Um, I had a brokerage, I had agents under me and my, my biggest, my biggest kind of drawback was making sure that I had the time to give the agents that were working with me, um, what they needed as far as learning, growing, um, you know, getting into different types of, of real estate transactions, whether it be land or just representing buyers or whatever it was, investors. Um, and most brokerages, they just kind of let you go. So it's like you guys are saying, you kind of get thrown to the wolves in some ways. And I, not only that, but then it's like, if someone asked me, should I join, you know, XYZ firm? And I'm like, here are the things to look at. And it's, um, what are they taking from your commission? Because you're working a lot. Again, they're going to stand on your back and take that piece without having to do much at some point. You're, what is your desk fee? What kind of services and, and, and training are you getting from the things that you're paying back to this brokerage? And then what's the connection going to be? I mean, you got to have a mentor in anything. And you know, I've gone down the ro- that road of like loneliness because I've, you know, stubbornly probably learned everything on my own. Um, didn't really have a whole lot of mentors as I moved forward in, in my careers, but you got to make sure you have that, especially in real estate. And, and you guys, I think are doing a great job with that. And the way that XP EXP is set up allows for you guys to be able to just go ahead and just turn around and just be focused on all the agents that are getting into this business and being, making sure you're there to kind of like help them move forward because that business will, I mean, what's the average, you know, broker, you know, as far as like a career, is it like less than a year? I think at this point, like they, you get in and you make within five years, 87% are out. Yeah, there you go. So they're gone within, and it's, there's such a cycle of just turnover. And I even saw that, you know, just having my brokerage and it was even with the connection I had, it's not for everybody, but 
my point with that is the way eXp is set up, it allows you to feel like one, yeah, you, you're part of the ownership of the company. Um, you're not, it's not like one person standing down and just talking to everybody. Everyone feels like they're connected and it allows you guys to basically go out and just kind of be, just manage people, you know, and, and, and give your service back from what not manage, people. baby, develop, develop, manage, people. develop. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like that. I like that. And that's, that's, what's important. I think that's what works. And we've talked about it before. It's, it's the one thing I think that allows for success with people. And, you know, it, it I think people get broken down when they don't feel like they have that. I mean, in life in general, but I think it's so important you guys are being able to do that. And I, I like that setup. So when people ask me, I'm like, well, I've never been part of that, but I think EXP is set up really well to be able to deliver those concepts. And I think way better than any other huge brokerage that I know of. Um, and I think it's really cool. You guys are able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, it just I, comes down to what incentives, is, like the alignment, what incentives, like does any real estate agent within a company, any firm have to go out and help any other agent that's in that firm? Mm -hmm, exactly how how does that how does that help them at all right like there's great there's people with great hearts out there that will do that but very few and i think that's what i was trying to trying to set up it's you know if you want to become a real estate agent you go you get your license and you got to hang it somewhere right so and that's what you guys are right so i was like let's get the basic definition of what the firm is right and then you guys support through the firm, whether that's through marketing, advertising, coaching, um, mentorship, right? Because that first transaction, there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot mm-hmm. of rules. There's a lot of laws. And it's good to have somebody that you hang your license with that you can defer with, that can counsel you, that can advise you and help you get going and develop your career. And that's really what the real firm is, right? Is that that's what it is. I was asking like, what makes you guys different? I think you guys have kind of expertly answered it. It's well, we're not just going to try to acquire everybody and make money off of the backs of everybody through attrition. The more brokers that we're going to have all this turnover and our job is really just to make sure that we keep this pipeline of, of <laughs> real agents coming through and we'll just try to make whatever money we can off of them while they're here. And it's more of no this is going to be a place where you can build a career. We're going to support that. We're going to encourage that. We're going to provide resources for you. And we're going to give some ownership to the firm, to you guys. And if you want to make a career out of it, this is a good place to either do it or try to do it. That's, does that sound about right? It doesn't sound like you said anything wrong there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I would love to talk to you guys a little bit about how you do that. Um, how do well first let me ask you you guys have said that they own part of the firm is that ideologically they own part of it or they actually make money off of the success of other like it's is it like a like think of like going back to the restaurant days where it's tip pooling like how does that work with you yeah talk about the exp setup because it's pretty cool actually so the, the, the biggest thing as far as ownership goes is that we are a publicly traded company. Um, it, was, it was launched with the idea of creating a, a public stock um, that people could be given shares in to have ownership in the company, whereas a lot mm. of companies will go public with the intention of raising capital. Mm. That, was not, that was not the purpose at all with this. It was to give, mm. give the people ownership in the sense that we're talking about. So we're publicly traded. We were uplisted to the NASDAQ in, I believe, 2018, part of the Russell 2000. Um, so as people, like if, if you've ever come to our company, 
aligned and affiliated with our firm and close at least one transaction, you have some sort of shares of ownership hmm. um, that are awarded to you. And there's multiple ways that that happens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's through a publicly traded stock. So it, it's, it's not like a little thank you card that, Hey, guess what? You're an owner. No, it's, it's, it's real. It's tangible. It's something that, that you know, idea come on. on. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. So at most, I mean, traditionally speaking and real estate brokerage, I mean, you're, you're going to get compensated on your commissions and we are too here. That's, that's the way we're paid in our industry. Uh, and now if you hit milestones at, at tr companies traditionally, you're usually, um, maybe you get a plaque, um, maybe they put you on a list saying you're the top producer or whatever. There, there's some recognition to it, but not really any, uh, monetary value out of it. You might mm -hmm. get a Starbucks gift card if you're lucky. <laughs> uh, but part of the business model with EXP is, um, they're awarding agents actual shares of ownership in this publicly traded company uh, based on the productivity. So whether that productivity is you close your first transaction or you hit your cap or, you know, a couple other things that they, are pretty significant that are possible as well. It's just every single year, based on how productive you are, you are actually acquiring more shares of ownership in the company, which by the way, the company is not just the realty brokerage firm. It's a holding company that owns that in several other companies, um, you know, that are relevant to what we do as real estate professionals. So that that's something pretty exciting. But bottom line is, uh, it gives the agent something to show after all this time, blood, sweat and tears and years that they're going to pour into their business, earning those commissions, closing deals, because what happens, um, you know, is you always have to go on to get another commission. The mm -hmm. idea here is that over the course of time, you will have something built up on the back end to show that's going to be something of value when otherwise all you would have is your next deal. It's making the agents owners and giving them a piece of that upside that traditionally only a very tiny portion of people have had and, you know, have even had because you'd have to be one of the owners of, uh, you know, the, the brokerage. And this I think it, it plays yeah. more than just a, a role in, in people's personal bank accounts as they look back on what mm -hmm. have they done and what do they have to show for it. Because when you when you look at, again, just your, your traditional real estate uh, business, you've got something that's local. And so you're, you've got maybe somebody in the office who's closing 100 transactions a year and then somebody who's brand new to the industry. Well, why would that person closing 100 transactions give that other new new agent any of their secrets? Because right. if they go R&D, rip that's off and That's exactly it, what I was thinking. Yeah. Now they just took food off out of, you know, off of their table, out of their kids' mm -hmm. mouths. Whereas with ownership, if, if that person does that, maybe they don't earn that, that immediate commission. But if that person wins, whether they're in their local market, or halfway around the globe because we're operating in 18 different countries today, you know, that we, we all win together. We all, you know, that, that tide rises all ships. Yeah. You know, just critically thinking here and playing devil's advocate a little bit, and I'm sure there is some intricacies here that um, would easily, you know, uh, answer this, but is it possible well, first of all, let me ask you, how is your broker retention? Are you guys outpacing the four years, 87% or, or do you guys, do they, do they stick with you? Do you still see the same? Like, how is it with your brokers now or, or, or compared to other firms? You know, I don't, I don't know the exact stat, do you, Tyler? Um, but I, I feel well, like I do see a lot less of that revolving door as far as agents switching brokerages, if that's your question. Mm -hmm. Well, no. well, we, we don't have enough time to actually measure that specific uh, statistic because we just had our one-year anniversary uh, as a okay. team with what we're doing there. Uh, 
but what a good one that um I, i'll need to look into this but I, I think a better way to measure it is um how many agents starting out um you know get traction over their first year right yeah you know yeah, maybe out of the gate, how do they do? Yeah, which I don't know. I'll, I'll need to look into that because, um, like, for instance, I know there's plenty of people that get started with their license and never get a deal close. Yeah. Um, right. You know, I, I, I know that statistic for us, uh, which, I mean, despite the fact that most people on uh, who are working with us are brand new to the business, is actually more of them have already closed their first deal if not you know uh, much more than that at this point um it, like we're, we're out of 52 people which i mean there's a good chunk of those that you know are two three months in the business um we've got um uh, over 30 that have closed their first transaction uh i mean 26 this year there were some before uh this year that had done that but uh we're, we're seeing a lot of guys on the team get their first deal done within the first uh three months um yeah or less i mean we we just had one that got his first one uh in two months and he's got another one closing next week uh and we have another guy that just freaking set a record he got his first deal closed in a month i don't even know how he <laughs> wow how he did that like one month license and he's already got a deal closed uh and he's 20 years old so um and you must have had a friend where he's like do not buy that until i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, the I mindset mean, yeah I love it though. Cause I mean, me, when I was a month and I was still going through training, I didn't even think I could close a deal a month. Mm. In. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's a, it's a different dynamic, but like, I think bottom line is what we're seeing is we're seeing um, uh, people get traction uh, a lot quicker than uh, Trey and myself, you know, others that came through around the same time we did. I mean, than we ever saw. And um, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing the ways in which that happens, which, you know, we can point towards, um, you know, something that came together because of, uh, you know, what we have going on, um, you know, that's helping support these guys and helping them, uh, you know, actually get some of these first opportunities in their pipeline. I think that's what changes the statistic more than anything is a quick win or a win yeah. as quick as possible too. Yeah. Because what I think the reason that the biggest reason why that 87% leave within five years of being in the business is they were never really committed. Yeah, right. They yeah. were never really committed from day one. And so if you can get them a quick win, now they have proof of concept and it almost allows them to commit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, financially it does too. I mean, mm -hmm. and Tyler was talking about this earlier. You, you, you can, I mean, your first year sucks as a realtor most of the time. It's, it's really hard. And people don't under like the whole getting a paycheck concept. If you're not wired to accept the fact that you may not get paid for three or four months, I mean, you're not literally, there's no money going into your bank account and you have to kind of just jump in and say, I'm going to just take on some debt somehow, some way pay my bills before I start closing deals and making things happen. It's yeah, there's no commitment level. And, and the further that goes without a financial reward on some level, just to stay afloat, the, the more they start thinking, I can't do this. This is not what, it, you know, there's some trickery here or whatever. And people just they fade off into the sunset and they they get out very quickly i mean five years was kind of a, to know that stat is is impressive because um from what i've seen over my years man they're lasting one two years and it's because they you got to pay you got to eat right yeah um, but most most of them are dropping out on the first part of that not the latter part i think the yeah. latter mm -hmm. part gets a you know a tiny number of people but yeah for sure and i think there's there's a commitment level at the end we're you know, it's, and like I said, like I said earlier, it's not for everybody and they may make decent money in the first three to five years and realize maybe they move on to something else. Maybe they, 
Um, you know, I don't know how the status is taken too, but maybe they end up with you guys and you're, you're sitting there just developing teams right at that point. And they're not counting commissions anymore. Who knows? But you know, there's some level that I've watched, even I've had successful brokers and they've said, I'm going to go off and they've, they've started other, in, uh, you know, ventures. They've had a lot of money put together and like, I'm going to go buy this or I'm going to start a restaurant or whatever it is. And real estate stays in their life, but it's not committed full time like it was before. So it's a mindset for well, sure. Take the same path like you did, right? Where yeah. You know, you you started off as a as a broker, and then that transition into not hanging your license somewhere else, but having your own brokerage firm, and then from there saying, "Well, I'm going to kind of just use this license to develop my own real estate." And mm-hmm. um, and next thing you know, you're having a podcast with your name on a banner <laughs> behind you. You know, um, whose idea was it, um, or how how did it? how did it become a publicly traded company? I'm really fascinated by this. It's mm-hmm. something that I've never really heard of um, in terms of, I mean, God, how many real estate brokerage firms are out there? A right? lot. Yeah. <laughs> and are any others publicly traded that you're aware of? Uh, there, today there is one that I'm aware of. There's also a brand called Rilogy, which owns mm-hmm. like Century 21. It's an umbrella for them. Cobble okay. Bank, Sotheby's, a lot of, a lot of uh, okay. the, the, other franchises out there that are that that is technically publicly traded i think remax is technically on the market yep. as well yep. too I think, yeah um, i think remax would be but the problem mm-hmm. is, is that 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 is not like none of those companies design that for agent ownership and so right. the guy who came up with that idea is um is a gentleman by the name of glenn sanford he's the founder of, of exp okay yeah because yeah. that was that's kind of what i was curious about because it's not really it's agent ownership um so if if you have one Theoretically, if you have one um, agent that goes out and does a hundred, they close a hundred deals, and you have another agent that closes two, does some of those hundred deals, the commission, or go to the to the individual that did two, or is that paid in terms of dividends? I mean, how does that work? So if we're talking, well, you're kind of talking about two separate things here. One yeah. thing is is ownership in the company, and when you close transactions on every transaction you close, you have an opportunity for two things: uh, either a- an award, uh, depending on the type of transaction you're closing, like if it's your first one of the year, um, or if when you hit your cap with that transaction, or a few other things. And then there's also um, another program that we have where agents can actually use part of their commission to purchase more equity at a discount. Um, so. It- really every single deal you close, you could be acquiring more ownership. Now, in, in the question that you're asking, hey, if, if there's another agent who closes a deal, hey, is there part of that commission that gets shared with you know somebody else? Well, actually, yes, through another segment or, or facet of, of our compensation plan called revenue share. And without breaking that down, because it can get super complicated, is um, EXP Realty has a a corporate objective to take 50%, literally half of the gross revenue that comes into our company. And before we pay a penny in expenses with that, we share it back to the agents who are helping this company grow into what it is today. So um, there is kind of kind of two pieces to that with in regards to your, your specific question. Yeah, it's a yeah. really cool concept. I, I like it. It's I, I think the future of anything in this industry has to kind of go back towards a setup such as this. If you're going to continue... I, I having agents. I mean, I just, I see a lot of things changing in this industry. And one of which is, I mean, I even heard the other day, just, you know, sitting in the office, there's, there's a rumor that um, they're going to start looking into agent commissions federally. And if it's even necessary to be doing this and is it fair and blah, 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 blah. And so like, 
the more these types of systems get put in place, I think the more it's going to help with the fact that, you know, there's, there's a service out there. There's a licensure process for a reason. And I mean, people have a place to live. You're not going to just throw those people out to the wolves because there's a lot of legality behind all of that. And it becomes very confusing if they don't have someone representing them. So um, I think it's great. I think it's really cool. Um, anyone that's, you know, we, like Evan and I were talking about before we got on and, you know, the whole, I want to get into real estate question. And not the first thing I say is, well, I don't know what the fuck that means, but let's <laughs> talk about it. Like, are you understanding it from a, from a licensure level or whatever? Um, and, and if they're talking about, I want to be an agent, I want to represent people, I want to go help. Then it's like, you know what? I, this is the only place I'll probably send you if it's not my friend down the street that got his own brokerage. This is why. And um, actually I just talked to somebody the other day on the phone and he's, without me telling to, he, he actually joined EXP. He's a general contractor that's kind of, he's done with that part of the, his, his career in his industry and he's moved right into it. And I think it's pretty cool that he, he found that on his own too. So, hmm. yeah. How do you guys break up your job? Because you guys aren't even in the same place, right? Is that, did I hear that right? Yeah. He's in yeah. Texas. I'm in North Carolina, baby. Okay. So how, how do you guys, uh, what are your job responsibilities like? And maybe talk about like what one does, what the other does, how you guys work together, et cetera. I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah, well, we're we're helping people that uh, you know are are reaching out for for help, guidance, kind of you know next steps on what to do that are either in the business or you know wanting to be in the business, wanting to get started. So um, you know, like with what we do on the team side of things, we're looking for people who uh, that would be a mutually beneficial fit for that there would be alignment because um, the most important thing we're building there is is culturally what we're building. So um, it's going to be the right fit for some, but not for everyone. And, um, and so we, we have a process, um, you know, for people that want to explore that, that are, that are coming from, you know, a, a like-minded community in which, you know, people come through um, for that. Cause that opportunity, like we're not out there looking for new people to be a part of the team. If they want to be a part of EXP, we can help them with that too. Uh, and that's kind of where everyone else falls because uh, not everyone's, you know, not everyone's going to be someone that we're even going to explore, um, mm -hmm. you know, working with us more directly on the team with. Now, um, besides that, we're helping the people that we are working with uh, within the team, also within the brokerage, um, you know, if they're if they're tied to us, especially, um, you know, we're, we're helping them, um, you know, really establish their goals. I mean, some people need guidance with that, um, you know, from there, just strategy, um, you know, we're, we're a go-to person in terms of, you know, helping them plug into the resources we have, but also helping them um, dial in what they're working towards and even what they're working on, on a day-to-day -day business. You guys split up your agents or you, I'm, I'm going to cover these West coast and I'm East coast. And how do you guys work together with any XP? Uh, Trey, you want to answer that? Yeah, we, I wouldn't say we we like say, hey, all right, Tyler, you're going to take this bucket. I'm going to take this bucket of agents. If they need anything, they come here. Um, we're 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 very much kind of a one person symbiotically okay. in that sense. You know, if somebody needs something, they can come to us. Um, I'll, I'll just throw this out there because um, I think this kind of sums up a lot of what we do. Because there's a lot of different ways that it happens that maybe sound good, maybe don't sound good. Um, but it, this is a big value piece for I think any entrepreneur. Um, 
what, what's one of the biggest things we can do? We can add value to other people. You know, you were, you were talking about, you know, Hey, what, what are your desk fees? Um, and what, what, you know, what are, what are, what are the numbers with the brokerage you're joining, but what's more important than that, right? The value you're receiving mm-hmm. and you want to build relationships and build a client base in any business. What do you have to do? You have to add value to those people. So they get to know, like, and trust you. And so, I think one of the most overlooked ways of doing that, adding value to other people is not creating value. It's simply sharing it and Mm -hmm. being a connector of value. And so I think Tyler and I are extremely, extremely good at that because we're not going to be an expert at every single thing someone on our team or in our firm may want to, to, to really focus on and niche down with. But we have taken the time to discover these, these, these resources out there to establish and really pour into these relationships with people who are experts at that. And so when someone comes to us and says, Hey, this is, this is a goal I have. If we can't help you personally, we know who can, and we're going to make that connection to you. And we've, we've built that relationship. We've, we've made deposits into those relationships for long enough that, Hey, that person's going to be willing to. Um, and so I think that's a big piece of, of really what we do. And, and so like the firm itself is what makes, probably a lot of what you're thinking about and, and trying to process logistically in your head easy for us because we we're not the person when they say, Hey, I, I, I got my first, I got my first buyer's consultation. How do I prepare for this? Or, Hey, I've, I, I need to figure out how to fill out my first offer to offer to purchase contract, or, you know, how do I deal with this addendum? Like we are not that that's not our role. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're more growth and, and personal development and, and connecting people into value and resources and the brokerage supports us with all of that other back and stuff through mentors, through, um, managing brokers, through, you know, local and state team leadership and then corporate leadership and, and support as well too. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean, I just like the setup. I think, I think it's great what you guys are doing, man. I think it's, um, I think you're seeing the results of what you're doing and because it's that much different, you're, you're, you guys are seeing, like you said, very early success with very young guys, people out there. And I think it's awesome. Um, I, I just think there's more people that need to start, you know, being able to support themselves financially as things keep changing. Um, and I think everybody gets a piece of the pie. I mean, Evan, Evan's in the same boat. It's just, you know, the more people you can help, the better. The more money I make, the more I want to help too. And I think that's you know uh, definitely what you guys are about. You can help too. Exactly. You know? Yep. But you know what's so interesting about talking to you guys about this, and it's one of the reasons why I'm just like trying to hammer down and understanding your setup because Shane is more aware of it than I am. I'm I'm the most ignorant to what you guys are doing <laughs> on this on this call, but I, I kind of like it because I get just to kind of hear things at face value and. But going like pulling your face away from the piece of paper again and just talking about entrepreneurialism, um, what's so fascinating is is you know is just the patterns, right? And what I mean by that, it's like when you when you take whether it's your guys's brokerage firm or it's uh, Shane God, what the, what's the kid's name? I lose that with the eBay. Um, oh, Zach Sedano. Zach. You guys know Zach. Uh, yeah, 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 Zach. Yeah, he listening to him. Yeah. Every time you talk to people, you know, or we've had you know successful entrepreneurs or people that are really growing, you know, and it's like, what are the patterns? And the patterns is like, if you do the same thing as every other brokerage firm, then it's this one one lane race, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's doing the same thing and it's just going to be, who's going to be the best at that one thing or who has the most resources for that one thing. And it's like heavily um, clouded with competition, but where I think people like, you know, Trey and Tyler, and if, if to the listeners who are listening, 
Think of how many things they say they are doing different and just take that at just that value right there. Just different, not necessarily bad, just saying, what can we do that would be different, right? Whether it is being a publicly traded company to the way that they build their teams and the way that the commission is being shared uh, to the way that they manage um, and support their agents it's just not hang your license here and we'll help you get a bunch of buyers or sellers, right? Whatever this typical thing. And it's really anywhere that you look in entrepreneurs is always about innovation. And it's just saying, what can we do that we, what do we have to do? Maybe that's a better way of saying, it. what do we have to do really well? That is pretty standard in this industry. So let's do that really, really well. And then let's think about how we can differentiate ourselves from everybody else and that's where the innovation, that's where the different ideologies come in. That's where all these things happen. And then let's just completely dive into that and support these new things. And now we're out of this little lane that has thousands of brokerage and we are one of one, right? And we can offer something. Maybe it's not for everybody specifically, but it's for a hell of a lot of people, you know? And now we don't really technically, with everybody else, but technically we're in a category of our all on our own where we're doing things differently. And Shane, you and I do this all the time. It's like, just please tell me I can't do that. And then, <laughs> and then all I'm going to do is sit and obsess about um, why, why can't I do that? Just because mm-hmm. it's not traditionally done because that's not, well, that's not how that works. You know um, you go to the grocery store to get your food. <laughs> it's like, well, to the victor goes the spoils, right? To the person who says, well, why do we go there? Why can't I just bring it to you, (laughs) your food, right? You know, and it it only takes people telling you, well, that's not how that's done. That's not how a brokerage firm is set up. That's not how we do this. And it's like, boo, perfect. Keep writing all those things down and I will develop the solution to the reasons why you don't do it. And I will be the, I will be the success. And I think you guys, and just going through this, it seems really clear at the way you guys are setting things up are uh, like Shane, you even said it is probably how this will go in the future. And yeah. you guys get to be the innovator and you guys will get to track all the talent and the people and the industry will change around what you're doing at some level. And um, super cool, man. I give you guys a huge yeah. uh, round of applause. Not that you need it from me, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I just think yeah. it's so cool, man. And I just love listening to this stuff because the brokerage firm or whether or not you are not even in real estate and you want to develop a new service or product, maybe your whole jam is creating ancillary development for auto finance or whatever it is. There's so much similarity and you can always, if, you, if you're just listening close enough, you can see that there's these patterns that repeat with these people, you know, mm-hmm. and Trey and Tyler are just another perfect example of people out there that are just looking at it and saying, how can this be better? How can right. this be different? I don't want somebody to tell me this is how it's done because then it'll be the same. Well, same idea. Well, we'd all be living in mud huts if there weren't Tyler <laughs> and trades out there. You know what I mean? It's always can be better. It so man, kudos can. to you guys, yeah. but I just wanted to point that out because you. Um, you can miss it if you're not, if you're not really listening. Um, yeah. And I'd say the common denominator with everybody, and especially if you want to talk about, I want to be successful. And I hear that a lot too. The common denominators going back to what Evan's saying is listening to the, you know, reading between the lines is they, these guys, like everyone else that's out there, 
is going back and helping other people. They're getting to the top and it's like, what's the first thing you do when you get up there? I'm put my hand out. I'm going to mm-hmm. bring everybody with me because mm-hmm. it's not just about you. It's about other people too. And, and it, you, yes, can you make tons of money not giving a shit about anybody else? Yeah, of course. I know, we know plenty of people, famous people. I know people in my personal circle. But the end of the day, when you, when you sit down and that's like you're taking your last nap and you look back at all that stuff, the difference is right there. And that's what I think is really cool about you guys is you're, you're setting that standard. And that's the common denominator is like my hands here. So that's, that's what I on. love the most about what we do. So I'm glad you picked that out, man. Yeah. And I mean, it's enrich others to become rich. It's, you yep. know, it's, it's give other people more opportunity than you ever had. And, and you know, as you, as you develop people through it, right. That, that word keeps coming up. Um, you know, it's, it, it just, it, it creates so much more like that. That's where these things come from, Evan. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, Hey, well, how, how did this person decide to go into another lane? Well, it's because they were thinking about, well, how could we do something different that would provide more value to more people? That was mm-hmm. the, that was the bottom line question. That's the, that's the one that I think every single entrepreneur or, or company or business is asking out there is, Hey, how mm-hmm. can we improve the standard, the minimum that we're willing to accept the will, the minimum mm-hmm. that we're, we're able to give to people. And when that happens, everything changes. Yep. Yeah, man. Yep. Sure. Keep it up guys, man. It's great. It's great. And I'm super glad we got to have you guys on. Um, I appreciate you guys <laughs> giving your time. I know it's, um, you've got a lot of other fun things that you want to do. You know, we've got to have, we got to take time for ourselves too, but I appreciate you guys jumping on and, and chatting with us for sure. It's been, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Fun. Yeah. 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 Definitely enjoyed it, man. No, it's great yeah. to be on here. You guys are, are very sharp and successful individuals yourself. So anytime you can get in a room with people like this and Hey, what are we doing? We're creating, we're creating more value for other people out there right. right now too. So right. we're, we're killing two birds. Yeah, that's right. 100%. Amen to that. Yeah. Well, we'll let you guys get to what you, uh, what you got going on a Sunday. We appreciate you guys immensely uh, for all of our listeners out there, please uh, like and subscribe. Um, you can see this on man. Every platform a podcast is on. As a matter of fact, Shane, you and I have to talk about, uh, you know, with Amazon and Alexa <laughs> yeah. reaching out. So we have to, uh, hopefully that will, you can just tell Alexa to listen uh, <laughs> and we'll start playing in your kitchen. Um, but hit the like, hit the subscribe button. It lets you guys know when we talk to people like Trey and Tyler. Um, and uh, we appreciate everybody. We certainly appreciate these guys making time for us. They're very busy people. And um Keep the uh, keep talking. Keep trying to figure out how to get things done. You know, don't limit your resources and uh, be kind to one another. But thank you guys all for tuning in, and um, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Trey. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all it. Right. Talk to you soon. Thank all you right, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Later. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around. Real quick, I just wanted to shout out to all of you wonderful subscribers, the thousands of you that download our podcast after each one is put out. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for all the support. Also, want to remind you guys, not only are we on all of the audio platforms for this podcast, including Amazon and Google. Hey Google, hey Alexa, play Built by Bailey's podcast. We are also on the video version of this and all the podcasts on the YouTube channel, Built by Bailey's. Make sure you go check out that channel as well. Hit that subscribe button and hit the bell for notifications so you know when all the podcasts and other videos and all these topics, wonderful topics come out. We really, really appreciate that. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up if you like the video. That really actually helps our logistics and our algorithm get this out to more people that can listen to it. And if you wouldn't mind, go to the Built by Bailey's 
website as well. BuiltbyBaileys.com has all of the merch to help us continue forth in this journey of our media platforms to push forward all the things that we're out there talking about in the world of home construction, building, real estate, and just really more importantly, entrepreneurship. Uh, don't forget, we got a live stream every other Wednesday on the YouTube channel as well. Building Wealth and Health, come sit in and listen, ask questions, make comments on all things related to those topics as well. Just wanna say thank you, and we really do appreciate you guys. Share this podcast if you wouldn't mind as well with other people that you might feel would be interested in listening to it or watching us. Just a couple goofy cousins, but we are really enjoying getting out this information and talking to wonderful people. Um, I feel like there's a lot of good things that can come of this. So once again, thank you guys so much for all the support. BuiltbyBaileys.com has got all your merch. We wouldn't be here without that as well. So if you wouldn't mind supporting us in that arena, we would appreciate it. And until the next one, keep listening. Later.